All right, we're back with the new episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, the number one podcast recorded in Chicago and Milwaukee. And we are back from the 4th of July. Some of you have been gone for a long weekend, and we welcome you back. I bring in, This is Marlo, of course, and I bring in my co-host, Casey. Casey, how are you doing? Marlo, doing well. Uh, just finished watching uh, the kids' movie Coco, and I have all of the feels, so hopefully I can get through this without any tears. All right, we'll try to make it a tear-free <laughs> podcast, but we all know how emotional Casey can get when uh, we start talking World Cup. So yeah. we'll try to, we'll try well, to keep it together yeah. there. As it comes to an end. Oh, no. Here come oh, the no. emotions flooding to me. <laughs> Before we get into all that and everything else, NBA, NFL, World Cup, um, we talked about it on our last podcast, but just to our fellow fans and our great listeners, if you want to help us out and vote us for the podcast award, uh, please do. Just go to podcastawards.com. Uh, click on nominate and you can nominate us in the people's choice and in the sports uh, category. And we appreciate everything that you have done for us. Sure do. And for listening. Yeah. And for listening, um, listening, liking, subscribing, and subscribing, sharing, sharing, commenting, commenting, all that good stuff. We love you guys. All right, Casey, uh, we're going to get this thing started. Yeah, let's uh let's dive into some NBA free agency. Yeah, so as of last week we had the big LeBron uh was the first big domino. Uh we kind of walked through uh, some of the other free agencies, but then we get to start it off a big with LeBron going to LA. The Warriors couldn't just sit back and be like, let him have all the hype. Yeah. So they just go ahead and sign Boogie Cousins for a one-year deal. Yeah, well, yeah, one-year 5.3 million dollar deal um which Everybody kind of, I think the general reaction was that the, a sense of this isn't fair. <laughs> like, yeah. How can they get, uh, you know, a top, I don't know, what is it? What is he now? A top 15, top 20 player um, on their team, a low post presence that they didn't really have. You know, they were trotting out David West in the, in the finals. <clears throat> if you replace David West with Boogie Cousins, I mean, that's a significant upgrade. Uh, but to me, it didn't seem like kind of reading the reports about it. It didn't seem like there was much of a market for Boogie Cousins, which I guess is surprising. He is coming off that Achilles injury, which uh, has a bad history uh, as far as recovering from. It takes longer, if at all. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And obviously, his you know character or uh, troubled past, let's say. Uh, not being maybe the best teammate or not being the most motivated uh, basketball player might have figured into that too. Um, but you figure that Golden State, with what they've done, that they could take someone like him. I mean, they took a Nick Young and molded him into a serviceable <laughs> finals player. So uh, I don't know. It was it was strange that they got him, but also that there didn't seem to be more offers. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the. Injury had a, had a bit to do with that. I, I think at this point he's still not even he's still not going to be ready to go uh, once the season opens. Uh, says some reports, uh, and then obviously his uh, you know likability on the team and and all that status. So it did it, it did put an uproar in the NBA world of this isn't fair. I feel this is a lot like the uh, Dennis Rodman acquisition of the Bulls back in the day. Oh, kind of that you know great player bad boy attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, already has a, a sustained championship team, and you know we're just adding to it and yeah. see if it can kind of calm him down. Is it's going to be the Phil Jackson, the Zen master, to kind of 
put you know get Boogie in his place because he's he can be a productive player, obviously. Yeah. Um, it's just is he going to be able to fit well into this system and this team and you know the way the ball is passed around and and all that stuff. So it'll be a, it'll be a project for for Steve Kerr, but I'm sure he's up for the task. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, Boogie's kind of realizing that this is a great opportunity for him, and I guess we can't really fault him for joining uh, the Warriors, especially since it sounds like the market for him was was pretty dry. I thought that was an interesting comparison you made to Rodman uh, going to him, but uh, like I just think if he, you know, again he just he's replacing. Uh, David West, so that's he's probably a better David West. It's a little, it's a little this, bit of an upgrade from David. A West. little, a little bit of an upgrade. So At five million too. That's such a deal. You kind of uh, alluded to it, where it, it seemed that people were saying, "Oh, it's not fair." You know, the richer mm-hmm. getting richer. You know, with LeBron going out to LA, which I don't understand. Like it's, it's that team's not that great. But they were basically people were whining that the NBA is only three teams, and this is where we're at. And I just want to say, stop whining about it. It's not that big of a deal. The NBA has always been a, a league of just a few teams. That's why I've only mm-hmm. a few teams have won championships, and there's always been these dynasty runs. That's the way the league has been. Yeah. And it's just it's more prevalent now because these people are you know making tons of money and kind of picking where they want to go, which I, I understand that didn't happen uh, as much in the past, but it's still, it's still the NBA. So people are still going to watch and stop whining about it. Yeah, I, I think that the... I, read a tweet that was like the 12 best players are on three teams or whatever, four teams. I don't remember exactly what it was, but yeah, it definitely feels like it's, it is lopsided, but to your point, that's kind of been the way in the past. If you think back to obviously the, the Jordan era, it wasn't very egalitarian. And then even before that, you know, you go back to, uh, Lakers, uh, Celtics. And then before that, just the Celtics dynasty in, in the, the sixties and, and, uh, 70s and whatnot it it's kind of been like this this is the nba and now i guess it's the players making the decisions as opposed to you know gms and is that better or worse i don't know but it's gonna be (laughs) it'll be entertaining it'll be entertaining it's it's tough for uh you know i guess not those teams right it's frustrating to be a fan of not those teams uh we'll talk about our teams in a little bit here but um you, you know if you're one of the other teams that's not kind of the the Lakers or the the Celtics. You have to pick your spots and find your players uh, a different way. And you know, as a fan of of the Bucks, that's kind of been the way that we've had to do it. And maybe we haven't been so successful at it, but that's the role that we're in, right? And I think that that's disappointing, but it's also um, exciting when you do have that. Like right now, the Bucks are in a role where we have. Uh, Giannis coming up, and that's really exciting. We have a chance now that LeBron's in the West, right? So it opens up different opportunities. And if you're not one of the the teams, I think that I would include the Bulls normally in as one of those teams that can get those free agents, can kind of build these dynasties. Obviously, that's not happening right now. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And we'll talk about you know what we're building in Chicago in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think it gives um, an opportunity for those teams in a different way and. You have to enjoy those moments when you get them as a a let's say smaller market team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have nothing else to say to that because that was so elegantly put. Um, but, <laughs> uh, except moving uh, another free agent that that was a kind of a surprise. I mean, I, I honestly I was surprised like that Tony Parker is still playing. Yeah, uh, but he is leaving. 
He's leaving San Antonio, uh, picked up by the uh, Charlotte Hornets for two years at $10 million. Uh, again, like a surprise move, and I just can't help to ask, did it have something to do with Kawhi? Well, I think you're thinking of it more as a way for them to keep Kawhi, but I'm thinking mm-hmm. of it as that Tony Parker was ready to move on because of Kawhi. That's how I'm right. uh, approaching this. Um, because I think Tony Parker came out publicly and kind of said, come on, like, yeah. what, are we do- what are we doing here? Um, so I was, I guess, surprised to see him move on just because he's been there for, what, 15, 16 years, something like that. It's 17. Yeah, it's weird to see him, to think of him in a different uniform. Um, obviously, he's not the player that he used to be. Uh, and maybe it is that he doesn't want to deal with the Kawhi thing. And, but I think also part of it is that the Spurs, given their position in the NBA, have to be a little bit more pragmatic about their monies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, he's been there for 17 years. His best days are, are behind him. You know, it comes down to a business move. They're not going to put the numbers in front of him. They got to move on. Uh, so Tony Parker moves on. Michael Jordan finally got his guy. Yeah, and I will. <laughs> Tony, Tony Parker. I will say that uh, I did. Uh, speaking of emotions, as I uh, we talked about earlier, I did uh, tear up a little bit when I saw Manu Ginobili's uh, tweet to Tony Parker. You know, 16 years together. Uh, unforgettable 16 years, Manu said. Uh, best of luck in Charlotte. I pff, end of an era in uh, in San Antonio. All right. Speaking of someone that is getting paid, and I don't know why, Doug McDermott got a three year, twenty two million dollar deal with the Pacers. With the Pacers, 20. yeah. So Doug McDermott, just, I, <laughs> God, see, this is here's the emotional part coming out because like, he. Basically started this downturn of the Bulls. It's not his fault, but it's his fault. Like the he that Gar and Pax were enticed by Doug McDermott and moved up in a draft to pick this kid who yeah. is not good at basketball, but has stayed around long enough to find a three-year, twenty-two million dollar deal. Yeah, God, it's a good time to be alive. Yeah, I didn't. I obviously haven't watched as much Doug McDermott basketball as you have, but he doesn't seem like somebody. He he seems like the poor man's Kyle Korver, um, but Kyle Korver's like forty years old and kind of has earned the right to be, you know, yeah. where he is hitting those shots and, and whatnot. And I don't know that that's what you need in the league is just <laughs> a guy who can come off screens and maybe hit shots, but can't really do anything else. But very um, very poor, <laughs> very 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 poor. <laughs> if you're gonna go that route, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I I think that's kind of the the mold that he's in though, uh, and I don't know. Maybe the Pacers kind of looked at it and said we were a game a quarter away from knocking off LeBron, and maybe that could have been us in the finals because they gave uh, LeBron the best shot in uh, in the East. So maybe they think they're closer than they probably should, and think that this is kind of a nice piece. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out what the heck the Pacers are doing because I don't get it either. You're really you're really stretching out there for all you for all those Dougie McBucket fans out there and you know who you are. They traded up to get him? I don't yeah, they traded up they traded up in the draft. God, I remember this so hard. They traded up in the in the draft in the draft with Doug McDermott. And wow. it was and I remember being like why then? And remember being why his whole career here in Chicago. Yeah. And then I I yeah I hundred percent blame that move for where they are as of like starting last year and that's that's that that's my piece all right speaking of the bulls zach levine 
It's a term sheet from the Kings uh, for four years, $78, $80 million in that range. And the Bulls have the Bulls had until Sunday to match it. Now, when this happened, I was like, okay, goodbye. See you, Zach. Let him go. And then it was within like two hours, whoa, just like, nope, there's they're out they're obviously going to go ahead and match that, which they did, which they ended up doing, making it official. Yeah. And so now Zach is, I believe right now, the highest it's the highest free agency deal that's not a uh, highest unrestricted free agency deal. Uh <laughs> has been passed off. That's not like a supermax. Yeah. Um or whatever for a guy who we don't know about his knee mm-hmm. and hasn't really proved himself except for two dunk contests. God. And that's where yeah. we're at. That's where we're at, guard pack. Yeah, he's uh, now now I guess I, I looked it up, it said forty fourth highest paid player, but they had Langston Galloway is the sixth highest paid player, so I don't know how trustworthy <laughs> this website is, but they had him in the 44 highest player. He's uh, around the likes of Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, John Wall, and Clay Thompson, so uh, comparatively below that, but also around Ryan Anderson and George Hill, so probably better than those guys. Um, I guess it's not a good sign that I didn't know he played point guard. <laughs> he was winning dunk contests, so I assumed he was a forward, I guess. Right. Um, but apparently he is a point guard. Um it just seems like a lot of money to pay someone who gets okay stats on a bad team. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I kinda understood that this is something they had to do because he was the the piece in the Jimmy Butler trade. Yeah. Um that they so comfortably wanted, but they knew that going in. So like this is a problem. They didn't think that far ahead they just thought they had a shiny toy and that i I mean it's i wonder if sacramento's just laughing because they just did it on purpose like they know they wouldn't have to pay him (laughs) because they knew the bulls would have to (laughs) would have to match it so they just did uh just to spite him yeah just to spite him but i don't know we'll see but yeah it's just you know once they seem like they're moving the right direction they they make a move like this and it just seems like it go backwards and it's just so frustrating as a fan so frustrating I just I hope it works yeah. out. I hope it becomes a star. I hope his knee is okay. But it's, right now, I'm just so frustrated. Yeah. And I guess, you know, they're kind of thinking of uh, marketing and uh, Wendell Carter. You know, you have your, let's say, quote-unquote, star forwards. You have kind of the future at forwards. And maybe this is the, the guard that can help kind of distribute and get them the ball. Again, I don't know much about Zach Levine's game, but maybe that's the thinking. Uh, it still seems like a lot of money for him, but I maybe the Bulls are trying to be more competitive sooner than I would think, at least. And this is an attempt to be more competitive sooner. Because yeah, you can't well, lose them. No, well, yeah. Because then you're just, you're essentially you have to throw away another year if you lose them. So, I don't know. Again, I'm just trying to rationalize it, but it still <laughs> seems like a lot of money. Always seeing the good side of things, Casey. Trying. That's that's why that's why we all love you. Uh, moving on from the Bulls, the Bucks picked up someone. Yeah, the Bucks made a deal. They signed it, uh, Brooke Lopez, which I understand is the good Lopez uh, brother, to a one-year, three-point-four million-dollar deal. Which again, this seems really cheap to me. As we talk about Doug McDermott getting seven million a year, Zach Levine getting twenty, uh, even Boogie getting five. Again, that seemed low, but we have injury concerns. But a one-year deal for. Uh, Brooke Lopez, who I think is on the other side of 30, um, and, you know, is, I think, just out, just finished his max contract that he got with the Nets way back when. 
it seems like a good pickup for the Bucks. Uh, we were thin at center. I mean, you keep having to run out John Henson. I mean, my God. Uh, so again, I kind of think of it in uh, who does he replace? You know, book your places those David West minutes. If we subtract John Henson minutes and put in Brooke Lopez, that seems like a significant upgrade with a real NBA center. Um, granted, the NBA is moving away from centers and what <laughs> role can he play? How well can he defend and how well can he defend on switches? I don't know. Uh, but I think size is still somewhat important and uh, the Bucks kind of lacked a rim defender. I mean, at the end of last year, we're talking trying to talk ourselves into Thon Maker being some sort of rim, rim protector uh, and that didn't go well. So maybe he fits in there, but I think at the one year 3.4, I think there's an option in there somewhere. I'm not sure if it's his option or the team's option, but could be an upgrade. Could be an upgrade. Uh, I don't think it's significant, but it seems like a a pragmatic move for for the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks making moves. They're, it looks like they're really trying uh, to do something to make that next that next next jump um, in, in this season. Uh, yeah, I of, think I think it'll be really uh, you know as we sit here and we kind of talked about how all the best players are in the West, all of the best players are. Uh, you know, on those couple teams, you know, Houston, Golden State, I guess LeBron on LA, you know, those are all out West, but I think the East is actually looking pretty interesting. Granted, I think they'll still lose whoever wins the West, but, uh, you know, with Boston and uh, 76ers and uh, the Bucks there, those are all pretty good teams. I think it'll be competitive in the East. Again, maybe not to win everything, but to win the East. <laughs> <laughs> win the East. Uh, yeah, they should, they should start giving like big trophies for winning the East now. Just so they have like some fans have something to look forward to. Yeah. Well, at uh, least get a banner out of it. <laughs> get the East banner. Yeah. Oh boy. All right. Well, uh, that kind of wraps it up us for free agency. Um, some of the leftovers from from this past week. Uh, but we also had the summer league starting up, kicking off, summer, just kicking off. Uh, I love I love the summer league. I, I feel like in the last couple of years, the summer league has become a real big deal. Uh, it seems like it's on TV everywhere all the time. Yeah. Um, but it's also the time of year where it's, it's like every, all these picks are they're going to be the next best thing because they're 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 killing summer league against all these other players who are not even going to be in the league, right? Uh, like I remember last year, like uh, Fultz was just killing it, was murdering it <laughs> in the summer yeah. league. Before and then he happened. like didn't play. Yeah, then he shoot. forgot how to shoot. Just couldn't yeah. shoot anymore. Unbelievable. Um, but did you see this? Did you see uh, Grayson Allen in his debut? Uh, the dust the, up, yeah. Just to set it up, it was Grace, Grayson Allen and, and Trey Young, where Trey Young was going up for shot. Grayson Allen went to uh, get into his space, and Grayson mm-hmm. Allen pulled a Grayson Allen. <laughs> yeah, start a little scuffle. I, it, you know, <laughs> I'm just excited that I can root against Grayson Allen still. <laughs> you know, he was the perfect antagonist for Duke. It uh, feels like he fits being the perfect antagonist for Utah. I'm just glad that he's gonna still be around for me to just shake my fist at and you know irk me. I, I it's great. You know, some sometimes it's fun to have that kind of bad guy uh, through it against, and he's gonna fit in great in Utah for that. Yeah, like what's the over under in Grayson now and getting punched in the face? Like how many games into his career is he gonna such take? a pu- such a punchable face? Such um, I don't do people punch people. I think there's going to be a lot of like chest bumps and hold me backs and things. Yeah, a lot of hold me backs when Grayson hits the floor. I mean, the whole the whole scuff up with Trey was a, was a big hold me back, uh, big hold me back moment. But it was just just classic Grayson 
first stepping on the court already already mixing it up. Yeah. Is it uh too worried uh too early to worry about uh Trey Young? <laughs> too early? Uh yeah. maybe. No. I don't know. What did you did you see his stats? It, uh, it more so looks like he doesn't realize how small he is. <laughs> and like obviously the the comparison has been all along to to Steph Curry and yeah. you know I felt like Steph all along kind of realized I have to do this thing or I have to do this step back or I have to position my body this way or you know I, he has to play a certain way to make up for the fact that he's you know the smallest guy in the court. Yeah, I thought Trey Young knew that, but it seemed like he kind of knew that in in college. But then he's taken this next step, and it's early, right? But maybe he doesn't realize that, and that's an issue if he's not playing uh, away from that. If he's playing into, uh, I guess, a normal way of playing and not taking into account for his his lack of size it's gonna be a struggle for him and that's uh i'd be a little bit worried if i was atlanta i i again i watched a couple highlights in uh. half of a game <laughs> so that's what i'm <laughs> taking away from that but he just seemed like he didn't uh know his know his i don't say know his place that sounds really bad mm. uh he didn't know how to play correctly I, yeah I, under, I get what you're saying and i'm sure it could be um you know you call it the the adjustment period to the NBA yeah. game because it is a different yeah. game. Uh, it's a different game that it has to adjust to. And I mean, even even if you look back on it, like Steph Curry wasn't Steph Curry the first couple of years. And he did have some injury problems, but yeah, you um, had to grow into that. And so I, I think it'll be, you know, some sort of adjustment period. I mean, we can get worried now. I love to be the the oh my god, what what's going on? Why is he not, yeah. why is he not Trey Young? Um, we can start that train. I'm I'm all about it. I'll jump on it. But there is some adjustment period and. You know, let's like I said, this is summer league. Everyone's a superstar until they're not. Yeah. But he's not even a superstar. No, he's That's not. That's the worry. <laughs> That's the worry. But speaking of worries, uh your boy, Marvin Bagley the third, has uh managed to hurt himself in the first uh summer league game. He is going in for an MRI MRI for a hip slash groin injury. That's not good. That is not good. I originally saw it as a groin injury, which, again, not good, no. but um, ha- having the hip involved sounds a little bit more serious than just a, a, a pulled groin, uh, and that's not a great start, uh, obviously, for for Sacramento or for Bagley. Yeah, no, and that brings, like, I, I think about this because the last few years, there have been high draft picks that have gotten hurt in... You know, before season starts, either in summer league or right before you know training camp or whatever, and mm-hmm. have like set out the whole season. Yeah. Um, and so I, I always wonder, like these summer leagues, they come up really, really fast right after draft, and most of these, I get the reason for, it, but most of these like high draft picks, uh, I've been training since yeah. March uh, to get ready for that, and then and then they go right into playing basketball. Now I know poor athletes have to work all the time, but it, it's it is like a strain on your body. Um, right to do 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 the kind of training and is that uh you know I, is it just because they're big names that we're knowing about this has this happened before but I don't know it, it just seems like there's some some sort of correlation there yeah that could be and you know I I know in uh the NFL combine how they have to train to perform whatever these 
metrics are, right? To bench press or be able to jump higher. And that's not necessarily how they would train for football. So there's a little bit of a, a discrepancy there that could result in those things. So maybe that's the same case in uh, in basketball, that they're training for you know whatever things they need to do for the draft combine or for the personal workouts or whatever that's not real basketball. And then when they go back to real basketball, uh, their bodies aren't used to doing that. But they play basketball all the time. I don't know. Yeah. I could go either way on that. But yeah. uh, there could there could be something to that. But it if he misses significant time, obviously that's really disappointing um, if you're a Kings fan. Although I don't know that I know one. Um, but also just disappointing because I'd be interested to see how Bagley plays in the NBA just because he was such a force in college basketball. Yep. I am very interested to see how that translates into the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, I hope he gets back soon, but if it doesn't, just more time for our boy Nigel. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's kind of wrapping up. Our, you got anything else in the NBA? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. Casey, can you smell that? <laughs> can you smell it? Oh, it's that. Football. It's in the oh, air. Boy. It's oh, in the boy. air. The NFL in football the is almost back. It's almost back. We got training camps. Starting in the next couple of weeks, but the Baltimore rookies do report this week. Yeah. Uh, most of the rest of training camps uh, for everyone else reports next week. So we're going to start having training camp drama. Yeah. Well, first of all, why is Baltimore's so so <laughs> much earlier? Why are they So I say so much earlier. I looked up Baltimore's because we had it there as being the first one to report, and then I looked mm-hmm. up the Packers. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what anybody else is. <laughs> But Baltimore's is 11 days before the Packers. Yeah. Why is there so much earlier? I don't know. I don't know. Just they're yeah. go-getters? They want to get them in? Yeah, most of them, no, most of them are, like, the next week, like, the 20th, you know, 22nd, yeah. the 25th, is used, is most of the teams reporting. But, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, why is, why is Baltimore doing so fast? So all I could think of is that they just need more time to get um, Jackson involved in the offense because I hear Ooh. he's going to play, like, eight different positions. Nice. Yeah, that would be so, fun. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, they just need to they need to get that all going. And um also, you know, RG three needs he needs time to get to the facility. Could you imagine the mayhem if they just put him in the slot? <laughs> it like Flacco's under center, you put him in motion. Oh my god, that's so fun. They're not oh. gonna do it, but no. that's so fun. What if what if they do what if they do the three three QBs in the backfield, uh where they have Flacco, RG three, and Jackson, and but you don't know who they're gonna snap to. Oh my Ooh. God! Baltimore is my favorite team. My second favorite team. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Oh, oh, Cut Flacco, see. get Johnny Manziel in there, and then now we're cooking. Now we're cooking. No. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be that'd be exciting football. I can't. Oh, they should have. I mean, Harbaugh, if you're listening, make it happen. Sure, I'm sure he is. Yeah, he's, of course. He is. All the Harbaugh, he's all the fan. Harbaugh's listen to us. <laughs> They're all fellow fans. <laughs> Oh man! Oh yeah. Uh, besides the the rookie, I mean, besides the camp drama that's sort of to ensue. Uh, oh, by the way, where is Des Bryant? Like, he's not on team yet. No, he's not. And uh, Baltimore was one of the teams that he was linked with. He was linked with uh, uh, the Packers for a little bit as well. Um, God, that, although I hope that doesn't I don't, happen. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Uh, it's a bit surprising. I don't know if it's just a. A disconnect between what he's asking, what teams want to give him, or if there's—I can't imagine there's no market for him. Um, 
that's it. I think that that's interesting that he's still unemployed. I guess for yeah. the time being, training camp's about to start. He's not on a team yet. Um, that it's kind of boggled my mind. And the reason, the only reason I bring this up or it's on my mind is because I miss football so much. I went, I watched uh, All for Nothing. Uh, the year with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> okay, I, this, I just like binged it this past week, <laughs> <laughs> so I went through it. So I got a lot of. A lot this of is what this is what summer does tomorrow. Like, yeah, it's this is bad. What it's does. bad. Like, I need I need the football. I need the football. <laughs> and this is like it's like I should have I shouldn't have binged it. I should have just done it like one episode a week and just kinda, help yourself. Yeah, but I could help myself. <laughs> I just just kept on going. And for the record, I don't think I like Dak Prescott as a person. I don't think he's I don't think he's that cool of a person. So you know who's a cool rate person? Tony Romo, who Dak Tony Prescott Romo. stole the team from. <laughs> Tony. Oh, man. All right. So have I, you, I mean, have you... Uh, okay. Tony Romo's no, great. Or, anyway. <laughs> I, I don't know. Okay, yeah, he's pretty good. Um, so... <laughs> in other NFL news, uh, Julian Edelman is a confirmed cheater. Mm. He was popped for PEDs, went through the whole repeal process. NFL said, nah, and he has his four game suspension has been upheld. So yeah. surprise, Patriots are cheating. The whole thing has been kind of weird. Uh, so I guess what I, I, I went back and tried to, to read into this because last I remembered was that he tested positive for something, but they couldn't tell what it was. But then it, the NFL came back and said, no, we can tell enough that it's <laughs> illegal. Like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> like, we know enough that it's illegal, but we can't tell you what it is. So, yeah. step back. The uh, drug process, the drug testing process, uh, is much more well-founded and uh, rational than the kind of criminal conduct policies that the NFL has. Like, there's arbitrary uh judges and you know there's actual scientific tests and things so like it's proven that he had something that he shouldn't have right i i get that whereas when like you know you suspend somebody for conduct it's just basically at roger goodell's whim so that's weird but the drug testing and ruling is is much more uh rational and straightforward but so in this case they're just kind of like i you did something wrong we don't know what it was <laughs> But you did yeah. something wrong, which is kind of weird to me. I don't doubt that he either took something that was on a banned substance list or took a cleansing agent, which is usually it's one of those two things, right? But yeah. the fact that they can't be like, it was X drug is weird. A little yeah. bit to me. You know, my first thought is that Edelman's being a little guinea pig for Tom Brady's TB12, and they're just trying to like, they're they're testing out what gets by and what doesn't the NFL. <laughs> and Edelman had to be like the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. So this was so they won't whatever whatever it is. Tom Brady won't be taking so it. He has. He's not going to be more. taking that. Yeah. Yeah. He has like the ah. 3.0 of it. Uh, so we won't be popped for it. Nice. TB12. Worth it. <laughs> Worth it. So he could play to his 57. These four games. Tom Brady got suspended four games for nothing. <laughs> Different story. We don't got to get it. <laughs> We're gonna go back there. Are we gonna go no, back there? No. I didn't say anything. I said nothing. Okay. All right. Uh, that's all I got. That's all I got for NFL. You got anything else, Casey? <laughs> no. Uh, you sure? Are you sure? Uh, Packers report July 22nd uh, for the rookies, 27th for the veterans. Uh, there's some talk, some worry about uh, Aaron Rodgers' 
contract status uh, because he's not the highest paid player in the NFL and probably should be. So there's some concern and talk about that. So Uh-oh. that's what's happening. Trouble. In paradise. I don't know if it's trouble. It's just. You guys going to have a, you're going to have an owner's meeting. All 5 million yeah. of the owners going to get together and get this right. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it'll be the five people who own all the shares and then a, th- you know, whatever, hundred thousand people own one share, <laughs> not not in attendance. I don't own stock. I should have. I should have looked into that. Oh, that's cool. I can sell I, you some. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just you just right. Just give me the three hundred whatever dollars. Yeah, and I'll get you your your stock. I'm, I'm just a broker. I saw. I can broker it for you. I saw. So uh, as we we're transitioning to World Cup, it. Uh, Rumors came out that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo was uh, being linked to move to Juventus, and the Juventus stock soared on <laughs> this news. Yeah, I saw that. And I thought it'd be really cool to just own a share. Of how many teams are publicly owned like that? Like, presumably you can own the Packers stock, right? But it's not like publicly traded. It was yeah. kind of a that kind of fundraising type thing. It's a money. Grab. I'm pretty sure that Manchester United is publicly traded. And Juventus apparently is. I wonder how many teams are publicly traded, and I think it would be fun to just own one stock. Uh, we'll lo- we'll look into the budget. Let's look into the budget. Okay. For one thirty-two breeze, and maybe we can become part owners of however many teams we can. All right. For one for one stock, I think that'd be fun. We'll yeah, have we'll, a wall. we'll run it. We'll run it by the money guys. We'll run it by the money guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, we gotta check that budget and uh, see what we got. All right. Uh, but I think it'd be fun. Yeah. Of the definitely. good teams, like I don't want to own like, <laughs> you know. Some crap team in like, I don't know, just throw like a third league German team or something that's publicly traded, but like main teams, that'd be fun. As long as it's not too expensive. Yeah, we'll take a look into that. Uh, for the this record, the Bears report July 19th and Mitch Trubisky is the truth. All right, on to another <laughs> form of football. <laughs> yeah. Casey, it's World Cup time. World Cup. Oh, man. What a... Uh, I would say what a quarters final that we had. Uh, we had, what would you say, Marlo? Uh, two and a half great games. Two, yeah, two and a half. I go two and a half. Two and a half sounds about right. Uh, it's kicked off with uh, France Uruguay. Um, France winning two to zero. Uh, the I guess uh, negative to this game was that Cavani, uh, one of Uruguay's forwards, was not able to play. Um, so. It, kind of really took the sting out of Uruguay's attack. Uh, and I thought that maybe it could have been different and Uruguay going forward just seemed unconnected, I think was the best way that I could put it. They just didn't seem like they knew how to uh, counterattack the way that they normally would um, if Cavani was in there. Um, but France, I think, in the end, just proved to be the uh, the better team. Uh, Griezmann's second goal. So uh, the first goal, I guess, uh, again, if I didn't mention France winning 2-0, uh, the first goal was on uh, Varane Header, which was a fine set piece. Uh, the second goal was on uh, a Griezmann shot that at first look looked like a, just a huge mistake by the goalkeeper. Uh, Griezmann shot from about uh, 25, 30 yards out, and uh, it hit the goalkeeper's hands, bounced up over the goalkeeper, into the goal, much like uh, Carius for Liverpool. Uh, hurts me even remember that. Um, 
But on replay, the ball was moving so much, I kind of take a little bit of my uh, negativity towards the goalkeeper's play back. I think it was a no really tough save. No way. That's, no. And that's why. No. no that's hit why. Him, hit him in the hands and bounce over his head. He should have had that one. But if you see the ball coming at him, especially from the shot behind Griezmann as he shot it, the ball starts up over his, if you're the goalie, you're looking out over his left shoulder and dips back to his right. Just some late movement that I don't think the goalie expected. But it, but it should have right should have saved it. Yes, should have saved. I it. watched the review from every angle and was laughing the whole time because he should have stopped that. It's not terrible. It's just pretty bad. <laughs> just pretty bad. Speaking of pretty bad, uh, Mbappe saw all of the uh, press that Neymar was getting for for flopping and Ooh. all of his antics, and decided, hey. I should get on on that and did, I think, maybe the biggest flop of the tournament where he ran past a defender, defender kind of held out his hand to call, I think, a defensive appointment to say, watch this runner, uh, uh, Mbappe, excuse me, ran into his hand and fell down like he was shot in the stomach (laughs) and rolled around for a couple of minutes. It was pretty bad. (laughs) I think think Mbappe died. I thought he died. I thought he died. And he just kind of got poked in the stomach a little bit. (laughs) Oh. Sometimes, you know, even as a soccer fan, sometimes the uh, the flopping acting is a bit much. But anyway, France moves on 2-0. Uh, I think they're with the better team. Uruguay, again, missing that counterattack um, of Cavani to link up with Suarez. Just just couldn't get it done. Um, and I think France rightfully moved on. Uh, the next game was Brazil-Belgium, which I think I say this every time, but might have been the game of the tournament. It was... Fantastic end-to-end soccer. Um, I still can't believe that Brazil only got one goal. Yeah, it was crazy. They had they had the uh, Thiago Silva header slash off his knee off the post in the early in the first half, but still there were lots of chances to be had against Belgium's defense. We talked about uh, in our well, World Cup preview. Technically, they did score two goals. Yes, had that's goal. right. <laughs> yeah, one was one was against their own goal, um, but it just seemed like they were always able to break down Belgium and, and get a quality chance. But they just weren't able to finish. I, Courtois was amazing, the defender for Belgium. So maybe that's why they didn't get that second or third goal that we were that I would have expected to see because he was he was great. Uh, but watching Belgium's counterattack is amazing. It's like a work of art with. Uh, De Bruyne bringing, usually bringing the ball up with Hazard and Lukaku as attacking options. It's just, it's so quick, it's so talented, it's so precise, it's it's so fun to watch. Um, and they were able to get two goals off that off that counterattack and move on two to one against Brazil. Uh, so those were the Friday games, which led us on to the Saturday games, which were not quite to the level. Quality wise of <laughs> the first ones, uh, and maybe Sweden England was probably the, I'd say the least entertaining game of the bunch. Uh, England just appeared to be the better team. Uh, Sweden, with its defensive quality, could never really muster a counterattack to really uh, challenge England. Uh, they had some chances, but just weren't able to to finish them. But not really enough to make it an interesting. Uh, game England scored in another set piece, uh, which I think was their eighth of the tournament. 
and then we're able later able to score in free play on a really nice ball from uh, Lingard to Delhi at the back post. Um, that set up Russia against Croatia, and uh, maybe it didn't have again the quality, but man, did this one pack the drama. Uh, before I get into the drama, I guess Russia's first goal was quite the strike. Uh, just a, a turnover by uh, Croatia in the midfield. In I, I don't need to go into it. God, I feel like I'm boring our listeners with my breakdown of the game. Look it up. It was an amazing goal. Um, and then Russia scored in the dying seconds of extra time, two forced penalties. Uh, however, proved to uh, proved to not be enough as Croatia went on to win in penalties. I think the the penalty kick that sticks out the most speed was Modric Modric's penalty. Um, where he uh, shot low to the left, it hit off the goalkeeper's hand, off the post, and into the goal. <laughs> it was yeah. it was amazing to see uh, Modric's reaction as he thought it was saved, and then he thought he missed it, and then it went in. <laughs> it was it was pretty exciting, and uh, it sets up Croatia, England, Belgium, France in our semis. Marlinia, uh, the, the the penalty kicks. Russia was kicking. I don't know who it was. Russia was kicking it, and the Croatian. Saved it, but only because he beat him. He had him guessing wrong. He but he kind of he didn't kick it that hard. They just kind of like put it, and he had to, the goalkeeper had time to like recover. And yeah, and that was it. I don't know the the name of the the uh, kick taker, but it was the the first Russian to shoot. He kind of went up waiting for the goalie to guess. The goalie guessed left, and he tried to chip him, but he yeah. didn't chip him enough. It's which is yeah. it's a very cheeky move. It's kind of debated on the merits of it and that's not something you should do as the first penalty kick taker you're the first penalty kick taker you're going first you need to have a good penalty kick and if you're chipping in a general sense like that's not a quality good penalty kick uh so i think that was a really big mistake by him to even attempt a chip because you're either relying on the goalie to make a mistake and maybe he's thinking, I'm going to set the tone for this penalty kick. If I do this and I score this chip, uh, I'm setting this tone that we're Russia, we're going to win. This is our uh, our tournament or, or what have you. But it, I think it was a really poor decision by him to try and do that because I think it put a lot of risk into a penalty kick that you shouldn't accept, especially as a first kick, uh, first kick taker. So I thought that was really poor by him. And then he executed it poorly, which is even worse. <laughs> so. <laughs> so eggs all over him. Yeah. All right. We're down to the final four now. Down to the final four. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say that uh, I kind of tweeted out my my head picks and my heart oh, picks, geez. who I thought was going to win versus who I wanted to win. And who I wanted to win was four for four. And I don't – out of – Four games, that's probably the first time that has ever happened. That my four picks have gone four for four. Uh, so now I'm left with no real, like, rooting injuries. I'm just happy. I'm happy with the teams that are here. I'm, I'll, you know, when game day comes, I'll come up with some reason to cheer for somebody or somebody else. That's what I do. Uh, but I'm just excited that these four teams are here. We have, uh, obviously, France, Belgium, England, Croatia. Uh, not a lot of the favorites. I, France was a favorite going into the tournament, um, but kind of the 
as far as everybody who always wins uh, the World Cup, the Germany's, Brazil's, and more recently the Spain's, uh, we don't have those here. We have France, who's won once, England, who's won once, Belgium, who's never won, and Croatia, who has never won. So uh, I don't think there's a wrong pick as far as who you want to root for. Um, I'm just excited for for this uh, these matchups. Uh, France and Belgium, uh, which will be the game on Tuesday, uh at 1 p.m. Uh, Central Time, it has the possibility, again, I feel like I say this every every week, but this has the possibility to be the most exciting game of the tournament. There is so <laughs> much attacking talent on both of these sides, and both of these sides have shown that they can have lapses in their defense, uh, especially Belgium, but uh, France even so, uh, and we saw that in the Argentina game, uh, giving up a couple goals to Argentina that they probably shouldn't have. Um, I'd say France has the more talented defense. They should have a better defense. But I look forward to this game just because there could be a lot of goals. Uh, now, granted, maybe that won't happen, but it has the possibility to uh, to be that. And both these teams want to attack. Both these teams want to um, open up the field and, and go for it. So I'm excited uh, for that game. I think England-Croatia, uh, which is the Wednesday game, will be a little bit more pragmatic. Um Croatia, they, I, I would say against Russia, they disappointed me a little bit. I thought they would be a little bit more attacking than they were, um, but they were, and maybe Russia is, was just organized enough and defensive enough. So they knock out Spain, and then they play well against Croatia, uh, but I was hoping for more from Croatia uh, that wasn't really there. And England has just really been able to score on on set pieces for the most part. It'll be an interesting game to see um, if either of those are able to change their uh, course. Um, and I mean, I would love to see both of these teams in the final. So again, I, I don't I don't have any any winners or losers. It'll be interesting to see also how Croatia holds up. Um, Physically, because they've their last two games have gone to penalty kicks, so they've played a normal game plus extra time and um, gone to penalty kicks. So, are will they be more tired? They have a, England has an extra day rest than Croatia does going into this game, so that might be something to watch for. I feel like it's England's to lose, um, but they just need to avoid making mistakes uh, in general, uh, but specifically in their back line. So, head and heart, Marlo. I'm going to go head and heart are saying France, and head and heart are saying England. France-England oh. final. Yeah, I'll go England and France. All right. We agree? We agree. Boom. And if it is France versus England, look forward for all the 100 years wars jokes. Watch out. All right, Casey, ready to get into, uh, into our mailbag? I am. All right, mailbag questions come from our fellow fans. If you would like to be part of the mailbag, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or Facebook uh, via the website. We're happy to read your question on the next podcast. This one comes from Dan. Dan asks, if you were to put together your all-time Badger basketball roster, who would be your starting five and who would be your top three off the bench? Do you want right, well, to go I'll first, Casey? Yeah, I'll go for it. So I've, okay, I I put ahead. two teams together. Oh Jesus! Yeah. So I I have one with the the kind of the best team that I have. But first, I want to say my most Wisconsin E team. Oh okay. All right. So at the point guard, we have Brad Davison. He's only been there a year, but I mean, come on. Oh Jesus! 
Come on. Uh, so, uh, at uh, shooting guard, we got Mike Kelly. At small forward, we got Joe Krabinoff. Power forward, John Lure. And center, Brian Butch. Coming off the bench, I got Josh Gosser, Greg Steensma, and Steensma. Ryan Evans. All right. Wow. That's yeah. the most. That's very the scrap. It's the scrappiest guards being post players, post players being guards. People on the floor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Playing Wisconsin basketball group that I could that I could come up with. Also, I want to put Zach Morley in there, but he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Come on, <laughs> somebody oh, put that together. We're getting, oh yeah, we need to put together a Wikipedia page for Morley. Come on, oh that better happen by this week. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I guess if he does have one, it wasn't linked to the Wisconsin basketball players Wikipedia page. So oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe we just need to link it. I'm not sure. I didn't. I didn't try to search for it on my own. It wasn't on the list of 81 Wisconsin basketball players. <laughs> All, right. All right. So now go with yours, and then I'll give you my uh, what would be, I guess, my best team. All right. Okay. All right. So Devin Harris. Yeah. At point. Um. Obviously. So starting. Yeah. Devin Harris at point. I'm gonna go with uh, Cam Taylor, shooter, shooting guard. Uh, Tucker. Straw, straw forward, power forward. I uh, got Decker, and then with the center, I got to go Kaminsky. Off the bench, yeah. Uh, off the bench, you got Wilkinson. Oh, yeah, Wilkinson, Landry, and Brust. Off the bench. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. It. That's a lot the same. I, I uh, Devin Harris, Decker, Tucker, and Kaminsky were the same. So yeah. uh, my shooting guard was Mike Finley. Reaching back a little bit for that, yeah. um, and then my bench I had uh, Nigel Hayes and uh, Wes Matthews reaching even farther back. <laughs> Grant, I mean, I never saw him play, but I heard he was good. Heard he was good, so I threw him in there. And then I put in Ethan Happ because I think we're gonna look back on Ethan Happ and remember him more fondly than the, uh, I guess, the way that maybe we think about him now. Uh, probably, yeah. He was he was my honorable mention. I was going back and forth between him and Wilkinson, and um, yeah. But for those reasons, I think you're. Right. I mean, he's asked to do a lot, and he is doing it. So I think if we probably will look back and be like, "Man, he was he was pretty good." Yeah, and I think I when you said Wilkinson, I, I had maybe not considered him as much as I should have. So I could easily, I think those two are interchangeable. But it seems like for the most part, we are pretty pretty right on in in who we would pick for our top eight. I guess batters. All right, give or take. <laughs> oh, we're spending entirely too much time around each other. That's all that says. <laughs> all we right. need more Greg Greg Steensma yeah. <laughs> in the team. <laughs> okay, thanks for the question, Dan. Um, staying with the Badgers, we got Badger football starting the hype train. Hype train, hype train. As the uh, Twitter handle for the Badgers keeps telling me, this is the last month. That there is not Badger football, yeah, because they kick off August thirty first. So that's right. We, we have we, football in August. One really long month. Yeah, <laughs> <It's a> Badger <laughs> really long month. Uh, but it's coming up, and because of that, uh, Vegas has released their Vegas sportsbook released their over unders for teams, and it has Wisconsin at over under ten wins, total wins yeah. for the season. So Casey. You going over under? I mean, I think if the, we kind of talked about this before we got on, if it includes 
Big Ten Championship game and and the bowl game, I guess more importantly, the bowl game, I think that's an easy over. I mean, because I, I think at worst you're pushing. I can't imagine a situation. It's hard for me to imagine a situation in which Wisconsin wins nine games this year. Yeah, agreed. I don't. I mean, we we kind of looking at the schedule. We have a soft non-conference schedule, relatively soft non-conference schedule. Um, we're at Iowa. We're at Michigan. We're at Penn State. So those are all tough games. But the quality that we're bringing back, how good I think our offense can be. I can't I don't see us dropping a lot of games to worse teams and if those are our let's say three tough games Mm -hmm. you just gotta win one of those yeah and maybe maybe one of those isn't as tough as we think it is now right I I think that game you're thinking about is Iowa I don't think I I I think it's tough just because it's away in that stadium always we don't always we never like play above our level at Iowa we still find ways to win but yeah, yeah, when I we play Iowa, it always just seems like a coin flip game, for right. whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And so, I but I th- I have a little more faith, or maybe maybe the Northwestern game because that freaking stadium sucks, and we yeah. <laughs> always always we've had some really good teams lose there um, for no reason. So, right. but I, I agree with you. I think honestly, to your point, if it's not an over, I think it's a disappointing season with what we have and what is ex- what I am expecting uh, yeah. from this team, especially with this schedule. So, yeah, I'm going over because if it's not, I'm just going to be disappointed. I mean, to be under, you have to be nine and three in the regular season and then lose the bowl game. Yeah, that would be really disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. So, I all mean, right, there you have it. We're putting down like a couple grand on the over. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 bet. <laughs> Think that's going to do it for us this week. Um stay tuned. Uh stay tuned. We'll be back next week. Uh we're going to sit down with the guys from Double Yay to have a little baseball conversation since we are halfway through the season uh of baseball. So we'll get that in. Uh, with that, we'll see you next week. Casey, do you have any last words for him? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I think we'll be talking about the WA guys, about uh, some all-star stuff, uh, some Brewers stuff. Uh, for sure, I'll have some uh, items to ask them about the Brewers. Uh, maybe some White Sox? Maybe we won't. Maybe we won't talk about the White Sox. Uh, but uh, uh, tune in for that. I think it'll be a really good uh, podcast. Um, I think th- I think that's all that I have, Well, So until next time... Um, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports. See you guys next week.